Good day everyone and welcome to Wealth Radio, Growing Wealth Made Easy. My name is Mike Raz, a Wealth Manager here at BPI Asset Management and Trust Corporation. And here's another episode of Wealth Watchers. Here, we do a lightning round of five relevant questions to help you better understand how the month's market movements impact your investments. Today, we are joined again by Daz Mercado, an investment analyst here at BPI AMTC to discuss the main highlights for the month of August. Hi, Daz. Hi, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me today. Good to have you again. All right, I'm just going to fire away with our questions, right? Let's begin. So, what's the biggest development that happened this month? There are two things uh, that are probably notable for this month. First, it was reported that the Philippine economy improved by 11.8% year-on-year in the second quarter of 2021. And second, the Philippine stock market represented by the Philippine Stock Exchange Index or the PSEI rose by around 8% in August after falling by 9% in July. So just gaining back uh, some of our losses last month. Oh, good month. Okay, so let's start with the economy, Daz. The 11.8% year-on-year growth in the second quarter was highlighted as the highest growth of the Philippine economy in more than three decades. It does seem like a huge number. Now, can you tell us more about this? That's right. It's the highest growth rate since the fourth quarter of 1988 when we had an economic growth of 12%. But before we get too excited about this 11.8% year-on-year economic growth, we have to note that this growth rate actually represents a 1.3% quarter-on-quarter decline or a reduction in the economy from the first quarter of 2021 to the second quarter. So the major reason why we had the strong 11.8% year-on-year growth was the low base in the second quarter of last year. Recall that our economy dropped by 17% year-on-year in that quarter because we had the strictest form of lockdown, plus we, we didn't know what to do at the start of the pandemic. So you were saying that the economy actually worsened from the first quarter of 2021 this year to the second quarter. Does this mean that we have another round of recession? No, but the risk is there. First, okay. let me provide some context. Recessions are typically recognized as two consecutive quarters of economic decline. So this happened last year. From fourth quarter of 2019 to the first quarter of 2020, the economy declined by 4.8% quarter and quarter. Then to the second quarter, the economy again declined by 15.1% quarter and quarter. This year, as mentioned, we just had our first quarter on quarter economic decline of 1.3% from first quarter to the second quarter. So Mm -hmm. if in the third quarter we experience another decline, it would be considered another recession. However, our base case is that it won't happen. We think economic activity can improve in the third quarter. The latest lockdown measures pointed to a dip in mobility, meaning less people are outside, going to malls, parks, workplaces, etc. But not as much as uh, what we had experienced in April 2021. But we would like to emphasize that the downside risk to the economy is there. Uh, and it's high and largely dependent on COVID-19 developments. So our full year 2021 GDP forecast right now is at 
we revise it downwards uh, from 4.9% to account for the lockdowns this month. Our forecast now is at the low end of the revised target of the government. At the start of the year, the government was targeting a GDP growth of 6.5 to 7.5%. Now they revise it to 4 to 5%. I see. Now, thanks, Daz. Um, another question is, when will the Philippine economy be back to pre-pandemic levels? As of the second quarter of 2021, we were operating at 90% of pre-pandemic levels. So our oh. economy has already expanded uh, since the second quarter of 2020 when we were operating at 80% of pre-pandemic levels. It's difficult to really say for sure when the economy will be back to 100% pre-pandemic levels as new developments on the virus front have changed the timeline of our economic recovery many times. So potentially in about a year's time, uh, we can see that, uh, but it will depend on our vaccination pace and infection rates and the gradual adoption of how we live uh, with the virus. Right. At the very least, something that's positive behind all what's happening now is that our population is still continuously growing. So our labor force is also continuously growing, which should increase the capacity of where the economy can be in the future. I see. Now we turn our discussion to the Philippine Stock Exchange Index, or the PSEI. What has caused this rebound from 6,300 at the beginning of the month to 6,800 as of the latest? What helped was the shift in quarantine classification from ECQ to MECQ in NCR and other provinces. Okay. Also, a strong rebound in corporate earnings boosted investor sentiment. For the first half of 2021, earnings of the companies in the Philippine stock market have increased by around 70% year-on-year. Okay. And that's because of the low base in the second quarter of last year where some companies booked net losses at the start of the pandemic. But compared to pre-pandemic or comparing the first half of 2021 earnings to the first half of 2019 earnings, it was still below by around 20%. Just like the Philippine economy, corporate earnings are still at risk as we are still in the middle of the pandemic. The Delta variant is spreading in our country and we have seen worse situations in other countries. Outside COVID, uh, we are also concerned with the negative impact of other economic factors such as the elevated inflation levels uh, which added to the burden of consumers. Mm-hmm. Albeit our economy and corporate earnings are moving in the right direction, both are still fragile as of this moment. Right. Thanks, Daz. Now, just to cap this episode with a question that we frequently receive from our clients. How will the 2022 elections impact the economy and the markets? First, I would say that it is still too early to guess who the next president will be. We rarely see an early frontrunner in the surveys win the actual elections. Mm-hmm. On the economy, we usually experience a net boost uh, from the elections due to activities related to campaigning and an infrastructure boom uh, in the few quarters preceding the elections. There were previous estimates that economic growth accelerates by about 0.5% to 1% during election years. Mm-hmm. While this was impactful 
and felt in previous years, next year would be different because we are still recovering from a recession. The uncertainties of economic growth due to COVID far outweigh the impact of the elections in determining our economic outlook. But we are not dismissing that the elections is still net positive overall. With that, we think the impact to the markets will be the same as the impact to the economy. At the very least, investors would look into how the government's COVID-19 pandemic response will change after the elections. So just to reiterate, we are not saying that the elections doesn't have an impact, but what happens to our economy and the investment markets are still largely dependent on the COVID-19 situation. Mm -hmm. And to end with a little bit of optimism amidst all the risks in the economy and corporate earnings and in the markets, we have to remember that each day more and more people get vaccinated. As of August 15, 12.6 million people in the Philippines were already fully vaccinated, accounting for 11% of total population. Then another 6.1 million were partly vaccinated, accounting for 5.6% of population. So towards the end of this year, we are hopeful that we can potentially reach herd immunity in NCR and some major cities in the provinces. So the achievement of this milestone can help improve our economic outlook and uh, investor sentiment on the Philippine stock market. Right. We are often asked um, if investors should add position at current market conditions. Mm-hmm. We will never be able to give out a single answer for everyone because we all have different circumstances. But I would say uh, that for those who have the capacity and willingness to take risks for higher potential gains, the current levels are still good entry points to add positions if you can hold for the next two or three years. When when we look at the historical PSEI chart, the PSEI the current PSEI level is close to the index bottoms in the past seven years. More importantly, what we really recommend is adding positions regularly, let's say weekly or monthly or every payday. So this is a good investment strategy to manage the ups and downs in the market. So this is a disciplined approach that prevents an investor from chasing the market after it has gone up and also avoids uh, missing opportunities to buy while the market is at low levels. And lastly, uh, investors may also consider diversifying into global assets, which are heavily weighted on developed markets like the US. So COVID-19 situation is more controlled in developed markets due to their easy access to vaccines. Moreover, global equity portfolios are more diverse by industry, and by geography, which is appropriate to have in a highly uncertain and an even economic outlook globally. So that's it. Uh, that, that's all I can share for now. Uh, thank you, Mike, and everyone for listening. Thank you, Daz, for that very comprehensive take on the market. Now, I hope our listeners were able to gain valuable information from this recap. To our listeners, if you have further questions or want to know more about any of our funds, Send us an email at bpi underscore asset underscore management at bpi.com.ph. Again, this is Mike Raz, and please follow us again next month for our market recap in Wealth Watchers. Thanks for tuning in to Wealth Radio. Growing wealth made easy. BPI Asset Management and Trust Corporation is regulated by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas.